Hello, welcome to episode 16 of the Sheepsville podcast. How is everybody doing? I just had hot dogs on a piece for my breakfast. Because that's the sort of fucking freedom you get when you live on your own. Nobody sitting there telling you, it's like, oh, that's not a breakfast. You can't be having that at this time in the morning. You want a fucking bet? Hey, what I want. Maybe they'll fucking tell me otherwise. Hot dogs for your breakfast. Fucking brilliant. But yeah, anyway, d- despite that, um, it's been a, it's been a couple of weeks. Uh, like I said before. Like, I'm just going to start putting these out when when I could be arsed, really. Um, try and keep it regular, like it's like somewhat consistent. Um, well, I think the two-week gap gives me a bit more time um, because my, my life isn't that exciting. It's pretty fucking boring. So... Two weeks gives me gives longer for something to happen and for me to see things and work up stuff to fucking talk about on these podcasts because a week just wasn't enough. I'm not even allowed to talk about my work because it's classified. Uh, I can I can suppose I could I could talk elements of it like I have before, but I can't really talk about like the ins and outs and. Stuff like that, so and I'm work. I work pretty much all the time, so that's like a good chunk of my life that I can't even talk about on here. Um, and yeah, uh, that's pretty much that's pretty much the deal with these podcasts. I just think that the two weeks just gives me longer to work up some material to actually make it worthwhile. But, uh, yeah, anyway, um, it's the end of October, so uh, happy Halloween. <laughs> I don't know what that was, that never even that never came out anything like what I intended. Kind of sounded like a haunted cow, or a haunted sheep. Uh, it was supposed to be some sort of fucking ghost or ghoul or something like that, but like, I'm, I guess I'm, that's just not really my calling in life to sound like that and do Halloween noises. I do like Halloween, though. Contrary to what you might have anticipated. Some people might have anticipated me coming up, like, pressing record here and just absolutely trashing Halloween. Saying that it's pointless and it's an American fucking thing. Another American thing that we've decided to hijack and take the piss out of. Uh, But no, I actually quite like Halloween. Although there are elements that I will sit here and fucking trash. So don't worry about that. If If you've come here expecting me to fucking tear Halloween and you fucking asshole. That will happen in some way, shape or form. But the overall vibe, like, because I'm, I'm a, such a big fan of, like, horror films and horror novels and stuff like that. I like the overall, like, creepy, scary vibe. 
Um, it's I, I don't know why. It's just something that just speaks to me and something that really find I find really appealing about it. Um, like I say, I, I love all my my old school slasher horror films, like the Jason Jason Voorhees films, the Michael Myers films, the Freddy Kruegers, all that sort of stuff. Um, and I'm a bunch of other kind of horror films, I suppose. Um, I've spoken about before that I hate all the demonic possession stuff with the fucking old Victorian wooden dolls and shit like that because you just fucking chuck them in the wood chipper and that's it, do you? I know there was one of those Annabelle films where like they, they tried to fucking throw her in the bin and just somehow ended up back in the house. I don't know how because she can't fucking walk. Um, she can only really move her head and fucking blink her eyes and whatever like that. Kind of like somebody that's paralysed from the fucking neck down. Uh, kind of makes you wonder if someone put her there. But uh, yeah, surely if you just chuck her in the wood chipper, it's gonna take a it's gonna take a good while for the nun or whatever like that to fucking piece her back together again after that. Um. But yes, yeah, so I fucking hate those films. Cause like the whole dolls thing is just so overplayed now. Like like how many fucking houses have got old creepy dolls in them? And is every old creepy doll fucking possessed? And if they are, why do they exist? Why do they keep making them? Whoever it is that's making them should be fucking shot. If that's the case. I just I just don't get it. I don't I don't understand it. And then the whole ghosts and spirits thing and everything like that, like it, I know that like they can possess you and make you do shit that you didn't want to do and they can possess other people and make them attack you and all that kind of thing. It's like, but at the end of the day, if somebody is coming to try and kill you, no matter who they are, it's kill or be killed, isn't it? Like if my best friend came at me with a fucking kitchen knife and was clearly possessed by a demon and I didn't know how to get that demon out, and I literally had, what, 10 seconds to fucking save my own life? I'd fucking snap their neck like a twig. Or at least I would try to. Kind of fucking making myself out to be fucking Bruce Lee or something there. But anyway, I don't want to fucking sh spend another episode fucking shitting on our life. Pish films, again. Uh, but yeah, let's talk about like just the Halloween, the Halloween stuff that like I like and dislike. So let's start off with trick or treating, or guising as we call it here sometimes. That's when you go around, you dress up in a costume, and you go around the streets knocking on people's doors, basically asking them for money on sweets. Is that dog is gonna fucking annoy me again? 
See, if, if people are allowed to go out trick-or-treating on Halloween, that dog is going to piss me the fuck off. Any cunt that comes near the fucking close says, <laughs> Fucking... Oh, I can't wait till that dog gets put down. If it doesn't get put down soon, I'm going to put it down myself. And I don't give a shit. I, I love animals and I love dogs, but that one can go and fucking suck a big, massive fucking... Cactus. But yeah, anyway, like, the trick-or-treating stuff... Like, I, I did it when I was younger, but... I never really enjoyed it. Like, I never really felt like I wanted to do it. So like dressing up is always like a chore. Like once you're dressed up it's fine. You've got the costume on and everything like that and you like you sort of you, you get a bit of a glow from like the reactions of people going, Oh that's a cool costume or like or getting scared of it or or whatnot. And uh it's just fun. But the whole effort of like buying the costume and putting the costume on and all that kind of stuff is just a bit of a fucking drag, a bit of a chore. Um, and then the going around like fucking knocking on people's doors, saying trick or treat. And then the, this is how much of the tradition has left it. It's like trick or treat was supposed to be, um, they would say. Um, either trick, you would say trick or treat, and then the person at the door would go, uh, would pick one of the two. So then you'd either get a treat from them, or you would play a trick on them. But now it's just they don't even reply. They just go, "Oh, here's a fucking fun sized bounty for you." Just pouring fucking celebrations on your fucking head. Or blind, or fucking taking your eye out with a fifty pence piece or something like that. It's like that's pretty much all it is now. It's pretty much like begging. <laughs> it's 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 a ho it's horror themed begging. Going about like a bunch of fucking weirdo hobos asking for spare change. That's what, that's what homeless people should do. They should just go around, on Halloween, they should just go around people's doors saying trick or treat, pretending they're, they're somebody dressed up as a homeless person. And then they'll get loads of 20p's for loads of cup of teas. Loads of cups of tea. That's what I should have said. I'm fucking all over the place today. I was up for fucking recording this podcast too, but I think it's just... So falling apart. But no, like the, the the thing that the only thing that really bothers me about trick or treating now is how ridiculous the fucking costumes are. Like I remember it used to, like you used to dress up like something actually scary. Like like it was it was horror themed, like you would go somebody would go as a ghost and it would be confused with a KKK. Somebody would go as a vampire and it would be confused by a fucking singer in the 50s. 
fucking Count Dracula, Count, Count Sinatra. You know? But now it's just like fucking, oh, I'm going as a slutty nurse. Like, and then you get fucking weird ones as well, like a slutty Spongebob. What the fuck, man? That's, that's clearly made by, like, people with fucking weird fetishes. Like, old fat guys that just actually sit at home and fucking rip the head off at this episodes of Spongebob Squarepants. You know, it's like, oh, would you have women all wear a costume of Spongebob? And it's just, like, fucking... Basically, the big square Spongebob thing with a fucking... The arse cut out of it. It's just fucking weird. And then you've got the, like, even just other costumes where, like, people will go out as, like, I don't know, um, just a cheerleader. Not even a, not a slutty one or anything like that, just a cheerleader. Or some random, like, character off a of TV or something like that, like somebody will go out as Basil Fawlty or something like that and it's just like, what the fuck is scary about that? It's supposed to be scary, the whole point of Halloween is horror not just fucking fancy dress, like dress up as any fucking random pillock you want you're supposed to strike fear into people or at least creep them out a little bit If you're going to dress up like fucking somebody that runs a fucking bed and breakfast or a hotel or something like that, dress up as fucking Norman Bates. Not Basil Fawlty. I always used to get mixed up between Basil Fawlty and Basil Brush. For some reason. Probably just because they're both called Basil. But then, then there's the question, so how, how do I get mixed up between the two when only one of them is human? And only one of them actually lives and breathes in real life? Who fucking knows? Um, but like, another, another big thing about Halloween um, is obviously pumpkins. Uh, pumpkins everywhere, pumpkins carved, pumpkin fucking soup, pumpkin pie, pumpkin this, pumpkin that. I fucking hate pumpkin. It, as a food, it's fucking rank. And even carving them. When you fucking get, you get a fucking, a whole pumpkin and you have to carve it and everything like that. It's like, the it fucking stinks. It's the smelliest fucking, what even is it, a vegetable, a fruit, what the fuck? Whatever it is, it's the fucking smelliest one of all time. When you fucking open the top of it and you pull out all that fucking, all that stringy fucking shit with all the seeds and everything, it's, it's fucking horrible. You're just expecting to find a fucking, a bunch of dead rats or something in the middle of it. Fucking disgusting. And it tastes like fucking bitter cat shit as well. 
granted my only experience of tasting pumpkin was uh, the, the pumpkin and candy corn M&M's but the point still stands M&M's are supposed to be fucking sweet they're supposed to be like chocolatey and mm, sugar rush blah blah I tasted them and honestly it was like it was worse than the coffee revels just like you bit into it and it was just like oh what the fuck have I got in my mouth what the fuck is that like you just bit into a stink bomb fucking horrible man I honestly don't understand how people like pumpkin it's just sour bitter fucking shit Some of the carvings are cool though. Like people that are good at it. Like I, I like I like when they turn them into like the, the jack-o'-lantern things. And they've got those cool carvings in them. It takes a bit of skill to get a good carving, like. I, I know if I was to try and do it, I would just end up like fucking mashing the whole thing to bits. Cause it's like it's like doing it's like doing fucking woodwork at school except instead of wood it's pumpkin and I was shit at woodwork I was shit at cutting through things at woodwork everything was always squint I was like right if you cut out a circle in your bit of wood it's like mine would look like a fucking diamond so I do like I do admire people who could uh, who are good at carving into pumpkins but I'm the op I have the opposite feeling for people who enjoy eating pumpkins. You fucking mink. <laughs> yeah, anyway. And but I hope everybody has a good Halloween though and, and enjoys themselves and whether the whether they're going out trick or treating with their kids or whether they're having some pumpkin or just doing what I'm I'm probably going to do on the Friday because I'm I'm actually going to my friends on Halloween night but uh, Friday night I'm going to be I'm just going to have a have a, a movie marathon a horror movie marathon to myself uh, I'm going to watch the Friday the Thirteenth I'm going to watch Halloween um, all those fucking films. Probably evil, some Evil Dead. I'll watch some Evil Dead. Um, the classics, the, the, the classics. Um, so yeah, enjoy your Halloween. Anyway, moving on. Has everybody watched uh, Borat Two? I watched it the day that it came out, and I was really, really looking forward to it. But I was also intrigued by the fact that how he was going to, how Sasha Baron Cohen was going to get around the whole, like, well, people know who Borat is now. Um, so how is he going to go unnoticed and all that kind of stuff? Because it was like, well, how, how do you sort of fool somebody twice? You know? Especially with the same the same trick. 
but I, so I watched it and it was good. I really enjoyed it. I pissed myself laughing at some bits. I chuckled at others. It was a good time. It was a really enjoyable film. It was really funny. Um, but I think the first one was a lot better. To be honest. I think the thing for me was like, well, the first one was better because it was like, it was fresh. And nobody in America knew who he was. And it all just seemed a bit more real. Like, everything seemed really genuine. Like, the people that he spoke to and everything like that seemed like, like they really had no idea that, that, that this was all fake. And all the people that seemed to get really offended and really taken aback by what he was doing. And just some of the stuff as well was just hilarious. Like, and it didn't, it didn't seem as forced. It, seemed, it felt more natural. Like, the bit that always gets me in the first film is where he, go, he goes into the china shop with all, like, the plates and, like, the fucking, like, the, the antiques and the, the, the vases and all that kind of stuff. And he just starts fucking falling into shit. And it just smashes on the floor. This is, like, fucking tens of thousands of dollars, possibly hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of fucking antiques and and uh, crockery ornaments and shit like that and he's just fucking laying waste to them all pretending that he's slipping and falling into them and smashing them all over the floor like the guy's like fucking like what the fuck mate what are you fucking doing oh like and that all just seemed like i don't like it was hard to tell whether before he went in he thought to himself this is what we're going to do. We're going to go in here and I'm going to pretend to fall and I'm going to smash all the stuff. Or if he got in there and it just sort of popped in his head. The idea just popped in his head and he just sort of fell into one and smashed it. And then the sort of, the wheels started turning in his head and he was like, okay, this is what I'm going to do now. Because if it was off the cuff like that, like, right off the top of his head, then that's fucking brilliant. Like, and it just made it seem more organic. Whereas Borat 2, as funny as it was, and as great as it was, it felt a bit more forced with some of the stunts. Like, it felt like it was all pre-calculated and, like, really well sort of rehearsed and all that kind of thing before, before it actually happened. There was a few of them, though, that were fucking great, like, like, little subtle ones. It was the little subtle ones that I liked. The whole thing with the, the guy in the fax machine place was brilliant. Just him having to fucking read the messages, going, going out and coming back and everything like that, and just them being, like, one word on a piece of paper or, like, a fucking a picture of some guy's knob. Um, and then the other one was uh, when he was taking his daughter for the the breast implants and uh, he, he asks the woman behind the counter how much and she says like 20 21 grand or something like that so he hands her like a big fucking duffel bag thing and it's like he hands her like the 21 grand 
in one dollar bills and she's basically got to sit there and count it all <laughs> and she's there for fucking ages counting it and it ends up short <laughs> oh. so yeah there, there was some like good stuff that like just felt a bit more like sort of it was just a bit more like what the fuck like just funny just that he's put somebody through the ringer sort of thing but uh, so yeah, there was some stuff that felt a bit more contrived, and there was uh, I thought it was a bit too like heavy politically, like all the Trump stuff and the fucking Michael Pence or whatever his fucking name is, um, fucking Rudolph the Red Nose fucking pedophile, all that stuff like just it felt a bit too political sometimes and I think I think that's where it kind of it maybe wouldn't land for a lot of people as much as the first one done because the first one was just pranks there was a little bit of politics in it but like not a lot like I, I can't even remember off the top of my head all the political parts in it but I think Baborat too if you've not really got a grasp on American politics, how they are and how they work and, and this, that and the next thing and who everybody is involved, then a lot of the jokes kind of won't land. Like, they, they won't work for you. You're just going to be sitting there going, what the fuck? Like, what, what, what is this? Who's that? What is he doing? You know? So, so it was good. Like, I, I, re I did enjoy it. It was, it was, it was a good laugh. But I think the first one was better, for those reasons. Ladies, have you ever been on your period and thought, hmm, if only there was a way to put all of this crimson piss to some use? Well, now there is. We've developed a brand new tampon with state-of-the-art technology, which not only soaks up that pesky red stuff, but also transforms it to produce sweet, tasty jam in either raspberry or strawberry flavours. The syringe-like design allows you to safely remove it from your gash and simply squeeze the jam out onto your toast or rice pudding. Jam packs! Out one hole and jammed into another. I saw the... The Khabib fight last week. Uh, sorry, Khabib. Uh, I remember. I remember seeing a, an interview with him uh, ages ago. Where, uh, he was he was complaining about people calling him Khabib and Habib. He says it's Habib, Habib no Margamidov. No Khabib, no Habib, Habib. It's like a combination of the K and the H, not either or. Um, but yeah, what like has he's he's a fucking animal, a fucking beast of a human being. Twenty nine wins and no losses in his career. And just to give a bit of perspective for people who aren't in into MMA or UFC or whatever. To go undefeated 
in that sport is unheard of. There are people, there are guys who have gone their whole careers with maybe one or two losses on their resume, but to go with absolute zero is unreal. It's 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 it's, it's mythical. But Habib Nurmagomedov has done that, and all credit to the guy. Cause like, and it's not even so much like. It's it's the fact that like he's done that and he's not arrogant about it. He's the most humble guy. You'll ever see. He's not like Conor McGregor, who's like fucking coming out in mink jackets and fucking. Just going, I'm fucking Conor McGregor. Here's fucking drink my fucking whiskey. You fucking stupid pig. You fucking ass. fucking arsehole. Whatever the fuck he says, like, all oh, that shite that he spouts, he can never, he's, he's incoherent as fuck. He just fucking sits there and, and goes, rah, 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 rah. he's like a fucking little yappy fucking dog, like that cunt next door. Like this little yappy fucking dog that never shuts his puss. And people think that's fucking brilliant. Um, But Habib is just like this silent fucking assassin. Like he, he just. He does what he needs to do, he does all the press conferences, he tells people what, what he thinks. He's respectful to his opponent unless they're disrespectful to him. Uh, and he, he just like he, he doesn't he, he doesn't chase fame, he doesn't chase money. He just he wants to have a good career, he wants to be remembered and he wants to be able to look after his family and stuff. And in that way, he's just like the model champion. He's just everything you look for in a champion. Not this fucking trash talking everybody for no fucking reason and because it's funny. Oh, so fucking hilarious. I just fucking called you a fucking dickwad or something. Oh, I'm chucking water bottles at you. Look, I'm a fucking comedian. It's not nothing like that with him, punching old guys in pubs and shit like, and throwing fucking trolleys at buses. So in that, in that outside, the way he handles himself outside the cage, he's now he's never been popped for drugs or anything, performance enhancers, none of that shit. He's never cheated. Um. He's just, he's just the fucking, he's just the man. He's just, a, he's just a class act in every single facet of his fucking game. In every facet of his life. And uh, he's got to be respected. Especially, in, and he was fighting uh, Justin Gaethje, American guy, um, on Saturday in Abu Dhabi. And uh, everybody thought, including me, that that was like it was Navid. It was Navid. Imagine Navid from Still Game fucking fighting in the UFC. Fuck me. Fucking trying to strangle somebody with a fucking curly whirly or something. 
but uh, no, Khabib. Uh, everybody thought Justin Gaethje was going to be his toughest fight yet, and Justin Gaethje had all the tools that was needed to finally beat this guy. Um, and Justin Gaethje, he's a fucking good fighter, man. He's he's got fucking powerful fucking throw. Like his his pun is he's a hard hitter. Like if he if his hand fucking touches you, you're fucking hitting the deck. Um. And on top of that, he like we've not really seen much of it, but like he's he, as far as I'm aware, he's a good grappler. All former All American Division One wrestler. Um. Which is no. He's no Diddy. He's that, that's like top of the class. Sort of thing. Um. So yeah, when that fight happened, it's like this could go either way. And even as as a diehard Habib fan, it was like, I I like it was nail biting going into it because it was like, is Habib going to finally fucking lose? I I don't know if I'm ready to fucking see that. And especially after, uh, his father just died. With the uh, COVID complications, his dad ended up in a fucking coma and then died in the coma. It's fucking grim. And his dad, like, the relationship between him and his dad was like more than just dad, like father son. It was like they were best friends. Um, he was like his mentor through his entire life. He was his coach in terms of his sambo wrestling, and then eventually his MMA career. Like, they were just really, really, like, tight-knit as a unit. And I can imagine, I can only imagine the thought of, like, having to do it without his dad there to support him and coaching him through it and just being by his side and, like, being there for him was just, was was obviously very difficult. Um, And the thought of Khabib losing... Because of that was, uh, I was a bit nervous of that. But it was all in vain because Khabib absolutely fucking destroyed Justin Gaethje. It was fucking incredible to watch. Because, like, I thought going into the fight that Justin Gaethje would be the one putting the pressure on Khabib. Habib would sort of like be cautious and wait for his moment to take him down to the mat and and uh, try to to finish him. But it was the complete opposite. Habib was like a fucking man possessed. He just would not stop moving forward, and Justin Gaethje couldn't couldn't get a breath. It was just like every time, every time Gaethje tried to create distance between him and Habib, Habib just closed it immediately. And Justin had immediately had to just start swinging and trying to keep Khabib away and and keep him off him, and it was just that he was constantly losing energy. Khabib was just draining him for that entire first round, and uh, and to be fair, Justin Gaethje landed a couple of fucking absolute zingers right to Khabib's fucking jawline, and. 
nobody could question Khabib's chin because those punches that Justin Gaethje hit him with had put have put down almost everyone that he's fought, and Khabib just ate it like it was fuck all, just walked right through it, and I think that was the turning point in that fight if there if ever there was one, because. I think it surprised Justin Gaethje that Khabib didn't even register like any pain or anything like that, or like that didn't even he didn't even process it. He just kept moving. He just kept doing what he was doing. So then Justin Gaethje was like, "Oh fuck! What the fuck do I do now?" He's just taken two of my best fucking shots. What he's done and nothing's happened. What the fuck? So I don't think Justin Gaethje knew what to do and also I don't think he had the energy levels to be able to not only do it but like just think of it. He was he was he was in survival mode from that point on. Um and like like every other fight Khabib's been in, like once he gets a hold of you, that's it. It's uh, the the game's over for you because like he's just on like he's just levels above everybody else in terms of grappling. His understanding of like control and just like how his weight is positioned and everything like that is just incredible. And getting transitions as well, getting from one thing to the other, because eventually it was like he, he got Gaethje down. At the end of the first round, it was, but it was too late in the round. He went for an armbar, but it was too late in the round, and the buzzer went. And Gaethje went over to his stool. He was breathing out his fucking arse. I've never seen Gaethje that fucking tired after one round. Um, he was he was gassed to fuck. But um, and then in the second round, it didn't take Khabib long to get him down again. And uh. It was the quickness of it. It was like he dragged him down to the ground, got his back, got turned him round and got into full mount, got in, got onto his head, went for an armbar, transitioned from the armbar into a triangle choke and, and, and put him to sleep. But it was all like, like constant. It was just like one thing after the other in quick succession. It was like the speed of it was incredible. Like, there was literally no time for Justin Gaethje to fucking answer to anything because it was all changing so quickly. One minute he's in one position, one second he's in one position, the next second he's in another position. It's fucking insane. Like, Khabib is like the, the human equivalent of a fucking boa constrictor or something. He just fucking wraps his body around you and just fucking squeezes the life out of you. Sucks the life out of you. And you, to, to the point where you're, you're fucking out for the count. And then you wake up and you wonder what the hell's fucking happened. He's just, he's just a monster. And then after the fight, he uh, quote-unquote retired. And uh, I have to admit, like... Given the circumstances where I'm saying he promised his mum that it would be his last fight and all that kind of thing, I genuinely thought that, that, that Habib was the sort of guy that would stick to his guns and it wasn't like a 
like a publicity stunt or anything like that where I'm saying like, oh, like I'm going to retire and then doing a Conor McGregor and coming out of retirement about fucking 73 times um, just to get a bit of publicity. But uh, but apparently it's just been revealed before I started recording this that um, Dana White, the president of UFC, has been in talks with Khabib and apparently Khabib has said that he was very emotional after the fight and that was what m might have led to him saying that it was his last fight because he was so emotional um, about his father not being there and everything like that but now apparently he's, inter he's possibly interested in trying to make it 30-0 and zero instead of 29-0 and zero. Um, and I can understand that because um, especially if like, like the only reason I think he would do that is if he was being offered the George St. Pierre fight George St. Pierre being like uh, one of the other greatest fighters ever to grace the octagon uh, everybody wants to see that fight two world class grapplers going at it it would just be so fun to watch for anybody who's like a like really into the sport. The casual fans, like the fucking McGregor fans and the, the Diaz fans and whatever like that, will all be sitting there going, eh, it's going to be a boring fight. They're just going to be crawling all over each other and trying to shag each other. Fucking homosexuals. Oh, yeah, just the, the casual fans don't understand grappling. And honestly, I, th I honestly think most of them should just go and watch fucking boxing or kickboxing or something like that. If, if, the, if all they want to see is people doing punches and kicks. If, you want all you, if, if all you want to see is people punching and people kicking, don't watch a fucking sport that involves wrestling and grappling. And jujitsu and stuff like that, because you're wasting your fucking time. And you're just, ruin and you're just ruining the experience for other people. I want to watch people stand up and bang. Yeah, who's fucking gay now? Um, but yeah, like, and I remember Khabib saying that uh, a fight with GSP was like his dad's dream fight for him. So it would make sense for like Khabib to make that the one exception to the to the retirement rule. Like a flight, maybe he was like, um, right. I do want to do 30 and 0, I do want to fight GSP, but failing that, I'm I'm out. I'm not interested in anything else. I think that's maybe what he was trying to say with his retirement thing. Uh and it, yeah, it honestly makes sense to me. Um and then if he says he's retiring after 30 and 0, or maybe it's 29 and 1. GSP's fucking great, man. J JSP is no fucking slouch. He'll he, he'll fucking he'll make he'll test Khabib. And there's no there's no reason why GSP can't win that fight. So it could well be twenty nine and one. But I think after that legacy fight, if Khabib wants to retire after that, then I think he will really retire because there's literally nothing else after that. Um. Nothing else he could do. He got what he wanted out of his career, including his fucking dad's dream fight and his probably his dream fight as well. 
So what else do you want to do? You know what I mean? He's he's made his money. He's got a family that he needs to look after, and I think he's really interested in helping out his uh, his other teammates at the AKA Academy, the AKA gym. Uh, helping bring them on and make and get them into title contention and stuff. So he's got other things he could be doing. It's like it's not like he needs to fight. I think that's just the one. The one fight is with GSP that he really, really wants and the one that you'll postpone retirement for. So hopefully we get that because I would really fucking enjoy that. Uh, yeah. Anyway, what else did I fucking get up to? I did, did you see Kanye West on Joe Rogan's podcast? What a fucking... I don't even know what you call it. I honestly honestly don't understand where the idea of Kanye West being a fucking... a genius and a visionary comes from. By the sounds of it, it's just in Kanye's own head. Because... It was I was like anybody else, like like listening to that, right? I went into that Kanye West pod like on Joe Rogan podcast episode. Um thinking, right, okay. From what I know already, Kanye West is a bit of a fucking moron and he's had issues with his mental health and he probably needs a bit of help. Um but we'll hear him out and we'll see we'll see how it goes. Maybe he is misunderstood. Who knows? I'll I'll just hear him out and see if he's as incoherent as what he seems. So I listened to it and or I watched it and it was fucking worse. It was worse than I ever imagined it would be. That guy needs serious fucking attention. Mental attention. Cause he's not right. He's, he's, he's balls deep in religion, for a start. Which is like, I've got no problem with people like having relig- like religion there. And believing in shit. And all that kind of thing, to a point. But when you get as deep into it as what that cunt is. Then you've got fucking serious problems. Because he sounds like he's trying to start a cult. A religious cult. Which is essentially what ISIS is. They're all fucking cults. Now, granted, Kanye West doesn't seem like he wants to take his cult to such extremes as blowing up buildings and flying planes into buildings and shit like that. All he wants to do is apparently fill... A hundred thousand seater stadium with gospel singers and all doing like fucking these gospel songs for for God in the hopes that God will I don't know hopes that God will fucking appear and fucking shoot his load all over them or something that fuck knows. But the moment he started singing and everything on that podcast and 
like sort of doing a, a vocal example of what he thought it would sound like was the moment was that if I had to point out a moment it was that one where I was like right this guy's this guy needs to be stopped this guy's going to fucking either destroy himself or he's going to destroy the world and he's running for president he's running for president and that was the thing that was the thing that kicked it all off right Joe Rogan right off the bat why do you want to be president? What, or why do you think you should be president? And his whole fucking reason, his whole explanation for why he thinks he should be president is genuinely because he feels like God is calling him to do it. What kind of fucking reason is that? That's not a valid reason. Majority of the world don't even believe in fucking God. I mean, majority they don't even think he exists. Which is a very real probability. But now you're 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 trying to get people to vote you into office based on the based on some fictional being saying to you come on mate I think you should be president that's your entire campaign your entire fucking modus operandi for fucking Wanting to be in the White House and control everything. I think I should be the leader of the free world. Why? Why you? You're a fucking rapper. I mean, what have you ever done that's genius or fucking some, something of a visionary? You create, you, you brought, you did that fucking tidal thing. And what has that actually done? Nothing that I've heard of. And he seems like he's just doing everything for the, because like the, the music industry rapes people. They rape you, man. Music industry will rape you. Yeah, get this guy, get this guy in the fucking highest office in the land. We can't have the music industry fucking raping people. That's a policy I can get behind. And that was the, that was the thing with him, it's like, people try to justify Kanye West coming out with all these crazy ideas and wacky thoughts and, and, and all that kind of thing, and... Like, oh, well, that's what genius is. Like, you're coming up with these ideas and everything that nobody else thinks of and whatever like that. It's like, yeah, that's one thing. But you have to be able to back it up with some sort of, like, reasonable explanation as to why you think that'll work or why you think it's valid and blah, 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 blah. Like, he just comes out with shit and then Joe, and then Joe Rogan asks him, Oh, why is that? 
How will that work? And he just sits there and, and like, for a good few seconds, just like, uh, uh, well, um, he doesn't fucking know himself. It's like a, a thought just comes into his head and comes out of his, and comes out of his mouth. That's it. There's no, like, he's a whole other meaning to the term no filter. There literally, literally it comes in his head and out of his mouth straight away. There's no pause for fucking... There's no pit stop in there. It's just in and out again. He's a fucking lunatic, man. And then Joe Rogan's got the cheek to sit there and go like that. It's like, oh, I don't think any, any of what you're saying is crazy. Like, Joe... He was just talking about being a pastor and also being the captain of a ship with a thousand soldiers on it. With virtually no context whatsoever. And you don't think that's fucking mental? I mean, come on, could it be any more obvious that the guy's fucking clueless and insane? I feel like the people around him have probably had something to do with it. Like the Kardashians and shit like that. Just all telling him, it's like, every time he comes with an idea, they're like, oh, that's great, honey. I gotta run for president. Really? Oh, yeah, you should. Like, because they're scared of, like, telling him what he doesn't want to hear or something. That's the kind of vibe I get. It's, it's like... It's like when you tell a child that his fucking finger paintings are good. When really they're they're just absolute shit. Everybody knows they're absolute shit. Like I draw you like like your your child draws a picture of a flower and it looks more like a fucking like a windmill after a fire. And you're like, oh that's really good, darling. Well done. Let's stick that on the fridge. And really, you're dying inside thinking that your child's fucking an un, like a non-talented fucking loser. Like you. I was thinking that you thought they were going to buck the trend, but nah. Turns out they're just as useless. So yeah, Kanye West for president. I think fucking not. And that's the thing. Because like, as bad as Donald Trump is, Kanye West wouldn't be any better. Okay, he, would be, he wouldn't be racist. And he wouldn't be sexist. But then you'd have like a fucking... A country where... Every Sunday you've got to go to your local stadium and sing gospel songs. With your fucking cock in your hand or your fingers in your fucking hole. All clamouring for God's love. And then Kanye West fucking dressed like some sort of fucking... Wizard priest. Who knows, like, what if he gets into the whole pedophilia thing with the Catholic Church? Then that's a whole other can of worms that's just been fucking... Opened and 
spread about the place. Fuck that. No, he, he, you need to keep a lid on that cunt. He, he, he needs to go and see some, like a counsellor and psychiatrist and shit like that and you, you need to fucking nip that in the bud before that gets out of hand. Because he's got enough money that that could get out of hand. But to, to, to go to, to quote Bill Burr, thank God that guy's black and he's not been given the opportunities that a white person would have got. Because if he was white, we'd have another Hitler on our hands. But anyway, on that note, <laughs> on that bright and breezy, colourful note, I'm going to call it there. Thanks for listening again, everybody. Um, uh, until the next time, goodbye.